Hey, Bengals fans, happy Sunday, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Adam's Bengals Hour. Welcome to the jungle. everyone had a fantastic weekend. I know there's been lots of Bengals news, obviously. Andy Dalton not only being cut, but then subsequently picked up by the Dallas Cowboys. May I just say to Andy, congratulations, man. I really hope you have a fighting chance at starting for Dallas. And really, I'm rooting for you. I, I rooted for you in Cincinnati I don't think that just goes away, especially now that you're in the NFC and not the AFC. So do big things, man. Hey, try to pull it in. Try to put it into a big contract. They've yet signed Dak long term. I think you coming in is really not only to light a fire under Dak, but also as a potential long term option. I mean, Andy's 32 and the way I see him being successful is kind of tending to Zeke, not really having to put the game on his own shoulders obviously you'll have Amari and CD uh, so some weapons but that is not what um, I want to talk about today though what I am talking about today is none other than Zach Taylor the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals the reason why I want to talk about Zach Taylor is to give you all my expectations for Zach in the upcoming 2020 season let me preface before we get into anything, I know he's a fan favorite. So please understand that while I support the Bengals fully, I'm approaching Zach pretty objectively. So I can just imagine maybe sometimes throughout this you may not agree with me, and that's okay. I want to hear your disagreement so we can have a healthy conversation. So to give you all some context, maybe if you're not familiar with Zach Taylor, that's totally fine. For a quick biography, Zach Taylor is a football guy. He comes from a football family. His father-in-law is Mike Sherman, the ex-Green Bay Packers coach. So he was, he's been able to learn under Mike Sherman's coaching tree through college and the NFL. So he started out as a graduate assistant and tight ends coach for Texas A&M from 2008 to 2011. And then Mike Sherman was fired in 2011 from Texas A&M and then went to the Miami Dolphins in 2012 to be their offensive coordinator. Taylor was now in need of work. So then he joined his father-in-law in the NFL as an assistant QB coach. And when a singular year, he was then promoted to the singular QB coach. In 2014, Mike Sherman then leaves the Dolphins and Bill Lazor was hired as offensive coordinator. A name that, if you're a Bengals fan, you know who this cat is. The following year in 2015, Bill Lazor is then fired and our boy Zach Taylor is named interim offensive coordinator. Big shoes to fill at the professional level. He coached five games in that 2015 as a primary offensive coordinator. Now, while the Dolphins weren't really a good team, only averaging 19.5 points per game up until that point, Zach Taylor's offense saw around a 10% decrease in points, averaging just 17 towards the end. And additionally, the Dolphins scored 15 points or less in three of those five games. The, The Dolphins' offense in 2015 took a step back 
with Zach Taylor as offensive coordinator. After that, Zach left and joined UC as the offensive coordinator. The previous season, the Bearcats had a stellar offense, averaging over 33 points per game. UC's offense the following year, a mere 19 points per game. I must preface, they did lose a lot of offensive talent, but when you have back-to-back instances where you have yet shown the ability to lead a high-powered offense for your profession being solely focused on yards and points, you have to question the legitimacy at some point. After his time with the Bearcats, Zach Taylor then hopped back into the NFL and joined Sean McVay's Los Angeles Rams. In 2017, he was the assistant wide receivers coach and then subsequently the quarterbacks coach in 2018. If you remember, in 2018, the Rams made the Super Bowl, arguably on the shoulders of Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. But for the sake of this conversation, over 4,600 yards, 32 touchdowns, and just 12 interceptions that season. I'm going to give credit where credit's due because I don't give him credit where credit's not due. So in this case, in the 2018 season, he made Jared Goff look great. After that, for the 2019 season, as we know, he was hired as the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, we all watched what happened last season. And there's a lot of different opinions on why certain things happened, or should I say why certain things didn't happen. The Bengals did not win. We only won two games. But I preface that because there has been some talk or at least some perception that maybe the Bengals knew that their future depended on a rebuild. And it's truly hard to rebuild when you're kind of in that five to six win window. So they bench Andy Dalton to bring in the backup, Ryan Finley, a guy Zach Taylor drafted at a North Carolina State rookie. He starts three games. He goes 0-3. It's a train wreck. They bring Andy back. They win two games. So definitely not a year that you would ever hang your cap on, but certainly something that was intended to be a rebuild year. That's totally fine. I get that. So to give you some context of the greater uh, history of the NFL when this has happened, when a team goes 2-14, and 14, so since 2010, a team has gone 2-14 and 14 or worse 12 times. Out of those 12, seven were subsequently fired, and then the five times that a coach has been brought back, here are the outcomes. Starting from the oldest with Lovey Smith in 2014, the Bucks went 2-14. and 14. They brought him back in 2015. They go 6-10. and 10. He gets fired. Ken Wisenhunt, 2014. Titans go 2-14. 2015, he goes 1-6, fired midseason. Hugh Jackson in Cleveland in 2016 goes 1-15. They bring him back. In 2017, goes 0-16. They then bring him back again. Goes 2-5-1, fired midseason. So out of the four seasons, excluding Zach Taylor, that a coach has been brought back the following year, that coach has averaged two wins and then has been fired. The only time a coach, after a sub-2-14 season, went on to win more than two games was Lovey Smith in 2015. He went 6-10 with the Bucks. Now, isn't that a funny comparison? you may ask. The reason? 
That was Jameis Winston's rookie year. He was the first overall pick in 2015. Goes six and 10, and what do you know? In that same year with Kevin Wisenhunt, an offensive genius, he gets brought back. They have the second pick overall in the draft in 2015. They select Marcus Mariota. See where I'm going with this? Sounds very familiar. He then goes 1-6 with Marcus Mariota and is obviously fired midseason. I am not saying Zach Taylor is destined for failure. These are just similar situations in the past and seeing how the variables then play out. But I do think it's very interesting to make light of, in 2015, a similar situation happen with two coaches in the NFL who were brought back off the confidence of a rookie draft pick that they would have the following year. Both land quarterbacks and both are subsequently fired. So with all this in mind, the way I'm approaching Zach Taylor for the 2020 season is this. Zach Taylor is on the hot seat. And Zach Taylor needs to win at least six games next year for me to really believe in Zach Taylor as a piece of the future of the Bengals. And I say that because with Joe Burrow, there is no time to kind of be lazy with these situations. We saw Marvin Lewis play out way longer than it should have. Let's be honest, we could have brought in Mike Zimmer and who knows what our future would have looked like. We need to bite the bullet. And I am okay with prematurely biting the bullet if we feel like we have someone in mind who can bring a winning culture, or at the very least experience, to have Joe Burrow really lead the offense. Joe Burrow has the all the capabilities to do so, which leads me to believe that maybe, you know, we wouldn't need an offensive genius, more so just a seasoned veteran coach who knows how to manage a team enough to kind of get to a Super Bowl competitive level, aka like a Mike McCarthy, who's now coaching for the Dallas Cowboys. So, and, and keep in mind, 6-10 and 10 is a pretty low bar, and I truly think the Bengals will surpass that bar, or at the very least meet it. My honest predictions is that they do go 6-10. and 10. So, Zach pulls out six games, Joe Burrow down the stretch starts hitting a groove, maybe we end the season on a two-game winning streak, I can easily see Zach Taylor being brought back. Though, I have to say, anything less than that, we move on. We make a decision quickly. As I've shown you, the track record for these coaches coming off a sub-2-14 season is a two-win season and then fired. So, you know, the, the, the history says this is not going to work out with Zach Taylor. I believe in him because he has Joe Burrow and... To my earlier point about tanking, who I'm not saying the Bengals tanked, but I am saying that there was obviously better uh, intentions in having Joe Burrow than kind of trying to be competitive towards the middle of the season and uh, maybe land a Justin Herbert. So that brings me to my next point with Zach Taylor is on top of that six-game hot seat threshold, I also want to see Joe Burrow come out and be a star. I want Joe Burrow to complete at least 63% of his passes. I want him to throw over for 3,500 yards and over 20 touchdowns. If I don't see Joe at this statistical threshold, I have to wonder, is my coach putting my quarterback in the best position to practice and get better? I mean, Joe is a pretty older college prospect. So I think Joe has that talent already. But if he's not being put into positions to really throw downfield or really show off his talents, then I think it's 
safe to say the offense isn't built for Joe. So those are the the two areas that I'm going to be grading Zach Taylor on. Obviously, the defense got a lot of free agents and uh, some draft boosting, so I have full expectations the defense is a night and day better. I mean, that goes without saying. The offense, though, is why Zach Taylor was brought in. He's an offensive genius. He's a quarterback guru. All these words you hear. I want to see results. It's your second year. I know you're super young, Zach. And I know people love you. We want you to succeed. But at the end of the day, the theme of all of these episodes is this. It's two words. Joe Burrow. And if Joe Burrow isn't being fed, if Joe Burrow isn't at the at the front of everything we do, then I think it's a disservice to Joe and it's a disservice to the fans. So my final word on this is yes, Zach Taylor is on the hot seat entering the 2020 season. And I think any season sub six wins, he needs to be fired. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to listen today. Uh, Reach out to me. I want to hear what you think about Zach Taylor. I mean, do you think he's on the hot seat? If not, what is the leash you're giving him this year? Interested to hear. And let's start a healthy conversation on Twitter. Until next time on Adam's Bengals Hour.